I tell you, everyone is looking for the next winning product. And because it needs a visual explanation, I'm sharing new hot products with in-depth analysis on YouTube. Go to Tech Money Talks on YouTube. However, here's the problem most people have in dropshipping. You need to be willing to test at least 10 products to find success. And each product you're testing, you need to be willing to risk up to $250 in ads to find out if it even sells. That means you would have to risk up to $2,500 in ads with the hopes to find something that sells. Now, what if I could wave a magic wand and remove all the cost of ads and it allows you to test 10 new products? Wouldn't that be amazing? Would you test more products if it was for free? I've been working hard for the past few months and I did just that. And I'm giving it away dirt cheap to the podcast listeners only. I want you to go to dropposting.com slash go. Dropposting.com slash go. Be sure to add the slash go to there because that's where you're going to get this dirt cheap. Go there and find out more information. everybody, Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Jeff Lerner as a special guest on the show. And if you don't know who he is, then you're missing out big time because Jeff went from being a broke jazz musician to producing over $50 million with his online business. Jeff has an amazing success story and has inspired millions. After a decade of building multiple eight-figure online businesses and being featured two times in the Inc. 1000, Jeff decided to give back by teaching others the power and potential of building a digital business. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Jeff is the founder of Entre Institute, where he has helped over 50,000 students become introduced to his digital real estate concept. Jeff is also a partner in an emerging software company and has a major influence online. Time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time, and I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Uh, tremendous, man. I'm exactly where I'd want to be. And that's right here with you, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, really great stuff. I'm really glad that we had a chance to connect. And man, it seems like you have a lot of great things going for sure. And you know what? You know, to, to take a step back, just to give, uh, you know, now at the beginning of these podcasts, I try to give a, a, a timestamp to give perspective because, I mean, it seems like things are changing every month. There's like something new. So today is October 5th. And, you know, we're going, still going through, you know, the global pandemic, countries trying to open up and all these things going on. So just to give perspective of when we're having the conversation here, but I would say also for the audience, you know, maybe you could take a step back and like share your journey into the online business. Yeah, I'd love to. And it is, uh, it's quite a time, you know, with the pandemic, the, the combination of the pandemic and the election and yeah. obviously the, um, the protests, you know, the it's kind of the revolutionary feeling in the air right now. I mean, it's a it's a crazy time, but my personal belief system and my experience, I've been on the internet uh, as a business person, you know, doing business online since 2008. I got started in it was actually the week of Thanksgiving 2008. So the fourth week in November is uh, when I, here in the United States anyways, that's when Thanksgiving wow. is. I think they have it at a different time in like other countries, but uh, that's what I got started online, which means this is now my second recession that I've been through on the internet. And I've also been yeah. through an e a prolonged economic boom on the internet. And the reality is the internet doesn't actually care nearly as much as the quote real world, what's going on in the real world. I mean, politicians, social unrest, pandemics, you know, the sky falling, like the internet just kind of hums along and does its thing. And that, that's why I, among many reasons why I believe it's such a powerful place to do business because it's, it operates by a completely different set of rules. And one of the rules on the internet is don't stress so much like mm -hmm. digital business. And, and look, I, I mean, I know we're, we're talking date stamping and time stamping this a hundred years from now, Maybe this isn't going to apply what I'm what I'm saying, but certainly for the last 12 years that I've been online and for the next 12 years and probably the next 50 years, the internet 
is just, uh, it's the recipient and, and the beneficiary of just such a massive disruptive transformation and transition of wealth and commerce and enterprise. Yeah. I just personally can't imagine wanting to do business anywhere else. You know, I own real estate. Um, that's kind of what I do with my money that I make on the internet is I put into real estate because everybody's always going to need a place to live. You know, internet's yeah. not going to change that. But in terms of how people go, you know, wake up every day and go do business, the internet, it could not be more where it's at. Um, and, and that's my belief and I'm sticking to it. And certainly the last 12 years of my life have been uh, a, a really positive reflection of that belief. Um, I assume you, you'd like me to share a little bit the story of like how I got started. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, and that, that would be good for the audience. So like maybe even paint that picture. So back in 2008, you know, Ugh, and what was happening gonna, at that time? And, and you're going to make me go back to that dark era of my <laughs> life. <laughs> so yeah, I was, um, I, I was a, a, a professional musician back then. I was, I, I'm actually trained a lot of self-training, but I ended up getting some professional training as a, as a serious musician, I performed classical music, but primarily I was a jazz musician professionally. So I, I played gigs, I played whatever I could get to pay the bills. You know, I played nightclubs, I played weddings, I played uh, church, you know, church gigs, I played brunch, Sunday brunches, like whatever I could get. And I did that professionally all through my 20s. And I did that largely as a, a tactical decision. It wasn't so much like I'm this I'm this moody artist that has a song that he needs to express to the world. It was actually a lot more like I'm kind of a, you know, a malcontented personality who doesn't like being told what to do. So I didn't want to ever have to get a job. Uh -huh. I had one job when I was 16 years old, lasted three weeks, got fired because some, I worked at a law firm in the office supply room. I delivered whiteout and staples and print cartridges to secretaries that needed refills. And uh, I, I just hated it, man. They weren't, you know, they worked for lawyers who were mean to them and I worked for them and they were mean to me. And it was just a typical oppressive white collar corporate, like stuffy buttoned up environment where, you know, if you, if, if they, if somebody overheard you in the back room, say the word like shit or poop, you'd like get written up and it, ugh, it was just horrible. <laughs> so Forgive me. I hope I hope I'm not going to get written up for saying that on your podcast. Uh, no, it's okay. But yeah, I just I was 16 and that was all I could take of having a job. So I was like, what can I do so I never actually have to do this again? This meaning have a job. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm a pretty good musician. I played guitar, but I was like, what could I do? Okay, so as an economic decision, how can I become a musician and maximize my income potential? And the idea of playing the piano and singing together just stood out to me. Like if you're a pianist who can also sing, you can basically do a whole gig by yourself, yeah. which means you don't have to split the money with the bass player and the drummer and the guitar player. You don't have to, you know, a lot of places have a piano. You don't even have to lug the equipment around. You just show up and play and sing and keep all the money. And people like pianists that you, as long as you can play their favorite song, they'll give you a good tip or whatever. So it's totally like an economic decision and a, and a self-preservation decision. Like I got to do something that means I don't have to go to work for the man nine to five or whatever. And I like to sleep late. Pianists don't typically have to be at work till like eight, you know, 6 PM or 8 PM or whatever. And anyway, that was my idea of it at the time. It ended up being kind of a hard grind. I was playing like eight or nine gigs a week. Some days I had two or three gigs and it was hard, but all through my twenties, that was me. I was, I was a self-taught musician Eventually, I got into school. Eventually, I got a music scholarship. Eventually, I even got a college degree, but it took 10 years, and it was in jazz piano and music composition, which didn't really qualify me to get a job anyhow. So, <laughs> so long story short, it took me a decade of being a musician to figure out that being poor really sucks. Um, you know, when you're 22 and wide-eyed and, you know, just the fact that you get to play music for a living is, like, pretty cool. But when you're, like, 28 looking at your second divorce, which I was like, you know, these women, they like, Oh, being with a musician, that sounds cool. Oh wait, this isn't that cool. Like well, there's never any money and he's, he's out all night. So, uh, yeah, it just was a hard <laughs> time. And, and I was always yeah. trying to start businesses during the day because I figured out that being poor was a really hard life and that, you know, I couldn't, you know, I wanted to have kids someday. I wanted to have like this nice life and I couldn't afford it. I couldn't even imagine having a kid. Like, what would I do? How would I pay for the the binky or the, the diapers. Like I couldn't even see a way out. So I was always trying to start businesses. 
And one failure, another failure, another failure. I tried starting, um, God, I won't even bore you with the list of businesses that I tried to do all through my 20s. But it really came to a head when I was 27, 28 years old. And the world was pretty nuts. I mean, to set the stage, 2006, the world was completely insane. Like a 27-year-old jazz musician who'd never had a successful business in his life could walk into a bank in 2006 (laughs) and get a $400,000 loan to open franchise restaurants that he had no business operating. And they just Mm -hmm. assumed that, well, I mean, you didn't even have to verify your income back then, right? Yeah, I remember and that. Get, yeah. So, so I took on a massive amount of debt. And it literally, and, and I opened these two franchise restaurants right into the mouth of the Great Recession. So 2007, my restaurants are open and the world comes crashing down. Um, wow. The economy, you know, the, the mortgage or the real estate bubble burst and the economy just went belly up. And I was suddenly sitting on a total of $495,000 in debt at 28 years old going, what the hell am I supposed to do with my life? The only thing I can go do to try to make some money is play the piano. I'm not going to dig out of a half a million dollars in debt playing the piano. And and the thing is, I couldn't even bankrupt out of it because $330,000 of that debt was to the U.S. government because they were small business administration bank loans. A lot of people don't realize when you get an SBA loan, like let's say you want to go open a Subway or a a Jimmy John's or a Papa John's or some other restaurant ending in John's. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're small business administration loans, which means you go get a loan from the bank, but the government guarantees the loan to the bank. That's why the bank will make the loan, even though you're not maybe a, an established business owner. So if you default on the loan, the bank doesn't care. They go cash in their insurance policy with the government. The government makes the bank at least 75% whole. And then the government starts coming after you for their money. So wow. I, I was on the hook for over 300 grand of that money to the United States Treasury. It's the same type of debt as if you owe that much in taxes. And they're not going to let you bankrupt out of it. And they're not going to forget about it. And they're not going to stop coming after you. And they're not going to stop calling your house. And I can tell you, even if you get evicted from your apartment and you have to move in with your estranged wife's parents who feel sorry for you, the government's going to get that phone number and they're going to start calling your estranged wife's parents going, is Jeff Lerner there? Is Jeff Lerner there? Wake him up. Get him downstairs. We need to talk to him, which is, by the way, not going to make your in-laws like you anymore. Yeah. Trust me. And (laughs) that was my life, man. 2000. Uh, 2008, that was my life. The whole year, I'm living at their house, pulling my hair out, hiding from the government, hiding from other creditors, trying to figure out what to do with my life. And in again, uh, it was Monday, the week of Thanksgiving. I think it was like November 22nd or something of that year. I clicked on one of those little ads. I was checking my email. And in in my email inbox, it said, like, see, I, I had been in an MLM like a few years before because I was always trying to start businesses and I didn't do well in MLM either. But because I'd been in that MLM, I still had some old emails in my inbox from that company. And so I saw this ad that was like, I used to be, you know, some guy ran an ad. It was like, I used to be in, you know, whatever the name of the MLM was, right? So that Gmail knew that I had that interest or that I had been in that. So this guy ran an ad targeting me. I used to be in such and such MLM, but I quit that. And now I make you know, $27,000 a month or whatever. And I'm like, well, I used to be in that MLM and I'm broke. So, okay. I clicked the ad. It took me to a page, took me to a video, totally one of those things you see on the internet and you're like, yeah, right. This can't be real. Total scam, whatever. But I was desperate and I was desperate enough to believe. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me, man, because it was a legitimate program. It had good training. And I took that training and I saw a lifeline and I ran with it. And uh, in seven, I guess six months after I clicked on that link, I made 40 grand in a month. The next month I made 70 grand in a month. And I'm talking net commissions, money I got to keep. Well, I didn't get to keep it because I had to pay off debt with it. But it was like, that, that was my profit. And, uh, I was suddenly, I saw like, man, my life could change. And it was an affiliate marketing training platform and we can get more into like the mechanics of what I was doing and how I made the money. But long story short, in 18 months with affiliate marketing, I paid off $495,000 in debt, never declared bankruptcy, never looked back. 
and uh, just rose up through the ranks of that platform and ended up doing about $10 million in commissions in five years. Obviously, by that point, my life had totally turned around. I had all these possibilities that I hadn't had before. I had moved to New York City. I was living in Manhattan, just kind of having a great life. And, uh, and then I ended up moving across the country, getting married. And, and I'll, you know, I'll spare you all the blow by blow of the story. But basically from there, when I, got, I moved across the country and got married, I wanted something a little more predictable. So I ended up starting a digital agency, uh, taking those, those online marketing skills and actually using them to service businesses. And in six years, I did about a little over $30 million in sales with that agency. Um, I was the sole owner. So I got to keep my, you know, whatever my margin on that was. I mean, it was a healthy, you know, 25, 30% margin business and uh, made the Inc. 5000 twice. And then, you know, I guess to fast forward 2018, I, I sold the agency, exited, you know, had a nice exit, sold it to a software company, cashed in. And I remember just taking stock in my life going, this was 2018. And remember, it all started in 2008. That was when, my, that was when the, wow, the train went off the track. So it was, a, it was a solid decade of like, man, what the heck just happened to me? Like, how did, how did that guy become this guy in 10 years? Well, clearly I had something to do with it. But man, there was something else special at play. And I think for me, it was the power of the internet. I mean, this internet thing, when you get dialed into it for business purposes, never yeah. mind watching dumb videos on YouTube or commenting on political posts on Facebook, screw all that. Treat the internet like a, like a business tool. Yeah. And you can, and you can, and I'm living proof. You can go make $50 million in a decade, even when you started out living on a couch. And I started Entre Institute because I just felt like I need to get this message out to other people. And of course I had no idea there was about to be a pandemic the people were going to really need to know so much, but like the internet is a, is a world of possibility that most people really just still don't fully understand, which by the way, yeah. is why it's great that there's podcasts like yours that are doing the same thing, getting that message out to people. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, then that that's been part of the reason why I've, I've done it as a way to give back. And, and I think your story and journey, you know, says a lot, especially with the way that you said you started, you know, at the beginning of that recession, because I remember how bad it was back then and now, you know, we could picture today, there's a good number of people uh, that are probably going through similar circumstances. And now that they hear, you know, your story and your journey in there. So I would say, you know, as, as a reflection, you know, seeing that, you know, if you were to, if you were to give yourself advice, you know, knowing what you know now, but to give yourself advice as if you were, you know, someone in that position you know, maybe, you know, low on funds, but looking to get started, you know, what, what would you recommend that person to do? Well, you know, it's funny, my, my business now, which is Entre Institute is basically a, a very robust and, uh, you know, complicated way of answering that exact question, because that's essentially what yeah. Entre is, is it's saying to the Jeff learners out there who are where I was to the, in 2008, Mm -hmm. Come into Entre Institute and let me do exactly what you just said, which is tell you what I know with the benefit of hindsight and what, you know, essentially I, 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 I'm super grateful that somebody told me then. I mean, that's the thing. I actually found a good mentor and a good community who said, look, and it wasn't, it wasn't nearly what I know now, but it was enough. It was, look, here's affiliate yeah. marketing. Here's how commissions are generated. Here's how the digital economy works. Here's how everything can be tracked. Here's how you can insert yourself in that flow of money and get your little piece. And, you know, you go get a little piece of a $3 trillion economy, which is how big the digital economy is now. You don't need a very big piece, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and really great point because, and let me uh, share this with the audience too, because, you know, most of the audience uh, have been listening uh, to the podcast related to e-commerce, drop shipping, uh, and things like that. And, you know, originally when I started the podcast, you know, I wanted to talk about all the money-making opportunities that you could do with technology. You know, uh, there's, you know, affiliate marketing, digital products, so many different things. And uh, so I was wondering maybe for the audience, if you could share, you know, kind of like that, that concept. So say for newbies, you know, what is uh, affiliate marketing and that business model? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And let me, let me just say, I, I'm a proponent of all the digital business models. I personally, um, I did really well with affiliate marketing. I still, I mean, I still do some, I don't do it like every day, 
but every now and then I jump in. I mean, there's a, there's an affiliate launch going on right now. That's the, the biggest affiliate launch in internet history. At least that's how it was built. It's not done yet. It's literally ongoing right now. They're trying to break the single day transaction record on ClickBank and I'm in second place. Like you never lose wow. these skills. Uh, you may <laughs> even know what launch I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's going on right now. I'm in second place on that. So I still do affiliate marketing. I own three e-commerce businesses. Uh, one is probably obvious. It's the, it's the e-com store for Entra. So we have an, like our swag store. We sell shirts and phone cases and whatnot. So obviously I have that. But I have two other e-com businesses too. One of them is a, a niche health product. And one of them is actually a, a specialty store that sells phone cases. So I do, they're, they're, they're all dropshipping stores. So I, do, I have three e-com stores. I had a digital agency for six years that I sold. Um, obviously now I'm in the digital courses business. I create courses like it's all, they're all just different facets of the same stone. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get very almost like partisan, like e-com versus affiliate marketing, you know, create, creating courses, like selling information versus selling physical products or servicing business clients versus, in, you know, investing in your own business. Like people act like these are either or statements. Yeah. They're not. It's this, yeah. there's this cloud of skills that are direct response marketing, copywriting, direct response design, uh, managing a, a list and list segmentation, uh, you know, understanding funnel economics, understanding how to run paid ads. Like those are just skills. They're agnostic. And you can literally yeah. apply them to any business model I just described, plus a dozen more, and they all work great. And so my, you know, what Entre Institute talks about is like, learn the skills. Don't go find a guru who's going to tell you that one business model is going to solve your problems. The reality is if you get good enough at copywriting, you can go find a business to pay you a million dollars to write, you, write them a sales letter. Like the skills will solve your problems, not the business models. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to your question about affiliate marketing, look at it this way. If you own an e-com store, you own a dropshipping business, let's say, you go run a paid ad and let's say your cost to acquire a, a, cost, a visitor to your store is $8. And one out of 10 visitors to your store actually buys a product. So your cost to acquire a customer is thus $80. And your average uh, cart value on your store is $150. Okay, great. You make $70 per customer right? Minus fulfillment and fees and whatever else. Um, your gross margin is $70 per customer. Hopefully your cost to fulfill is less than $70 and you actually make a little <laughs> money. Yeah. So what if you went and said, hey, what if you messaged one of your customers and said, hey, did you like my product? Awesome. Would you be willing to tell your friends, here's a link that you can share with your friends. And if they come visit my store, they, you know, I'll even give them 10% off and tell them if they tell me that you referred them. In fact, when they click that link and they buy my product, I'll give you 20% of the sale. That's affiliate marketing. You just invited your customer to become an affiliate marketer and you are the, what we would call the offer owner. You have the offer that, that, that where the product gets sold and where the transaction happens and your affiliate earns essentially a referral fee for sending people to your offer. That's all affiliate marketing. So but, hopefully the audience is catching world. that. There's an entire yeah. world of affiliate marketing there's, there's networks you can go sign up for that have thousands of offers you can promote. And, you know, Amazon is the biggest affiliate program in the world. A lot of people don't realize you can literally sign up as what Amazon calls an associate. And now you have 3 million products you can promote and earn a commission. I personally don't love the Amazon affiliate program, but that's just an example of how ubiquitous this is. In fact, a lot of people yeah. don't realize the $3 trillion digital economy, 800 billion of it, which is almost 30%, um, is all happens through, through affiliate referrals. Yeah, that's powerful. And yeah, I mean, so hopefully the audience is catching that and then also realizing that, you know, it spans across both, you know, digital products and then also physical products as well, like you just described. So, exactly. you know, having that, that type of commission model is just amazing. What about like, uh, so for those that would be interested, what are the, the type of networks that they would, that they would look to tap into if they were to get into that? So affiliate marketing, and this is where, uh, you know, a lot of people, again, people, let me, let me take a step back before I get into <laughs> the weeds on that question. The internet, here's why so many people struggle with internet business. Because the internet distorts and, and contaminates 
people's minds. Because everything on the internet, you know, we all, there's all this data about how the internet is changing the human brain. Like it's so, such fast stimulation, shortened attention spans, so many options. We're, we all have information overload. And, and that's, that's probably all true, right? I'm pretty, I'm pretty narrow about how I interact with the internet. So I don't, you know, I, I can still read a book that's 600 pages, but a lot of people can't. But the, because of that, one symptom of that is that it's when people go online to do business, they forget all the fundamentals of business, which is like, it takes time. What's your USP to the market? Define mm. the, your, the fundamental economics of your business. Prepare for staffing and labor. Uh, you know, have a year, and, and I didn't take this advice, but have a year's worth of working capital in the bank when you start your business. Don't, don't try to build everything on a house of debt. Like all this stuff that's just real business, ob it's kind of obvious if you're a business person, it goes out the window online. Everybody thinks that, oh, well, because I can go on the internet and I can pull up a video of Kim Kardashian's booty in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> Therefore, I should be able to go on the internet and spin up a store to make money in maybe I'll give it two days. You know, I'll, I'll give it a little more time than, than Googling Kim Kardashian's booty. Like, no, you're not going to go make money in two days. The internet, but the internet like fried people's brains into thinking that it's supposed to be easy and supposed to be fast. And you're supposed yeah. to be able to do it even if you don't know anything about business. Yeah. So obviously, Entra, we try to like take a step back and tell people, exhale. Let's get in. Let's like learn how to do this the right way. Um, but yeah, so, so the reason I say all that in answer to your question about affiliate marketing is it's not, it's not enough to just go, okay, well, what's, what's, a good, what's a product I should sell as an affiliate? That's like saying, what's a food <laughs> that I should serve as a restaurant? I don't care what food you serve as a restaurant. If you only have one item on your menu, you're going out of business. I mean, even In-N-Out, which is about as simple as it gets, they still have a few different burgers. They still have fries. They still have a milkshake. They have this cool stuff that's off the menu that you, makes you feel in the nose so they can charge a premium. Like, no business says, well, what's the magic product? No business mm -hmm. says, what's the magic price point? No business says, like, what's the magic uh, color for my sign? And yet there's people that think if they just get the right background color on their order page that all their problems will be solved. It's a, it's a lot of little things happening in concert that you have to get right. And with affiliate marketing, you know, I believe the same thing as business. You have to establish good branding. You have to establish some sort of value proposition to the market that's unique, some sort of authority or reason why people should do business with your site or your offer that, rather than the next guy. And so I don't really look at affiliate marketing and say, okay, what offer, what network? And I don't look at e-commerce as saying what offer a network. I don't care if you're on, you know, Magento or Shopify. And I don't care if you're selling wallets or sunglasses. The questions you have to deal with as a business owner are why should, what should someone feel when they interact with my business? Because mm, if good. you get that right, it's like, it's like, you know, there's certain people who just, you know, all the world is, is a friend to those people. They're just great at making people feel good when they interact with them. And they, they always have a job if they need it. They always have a sale if they need it. They always have a friend if they need it. They always have a drinking buddy if they need it because they're just good at making people feel good. You have to be that as a business. So if I'm an affiliate marketer, I'm going to go, okay, what niche can I operate in? Ditto for e-com. What niche can I operate in where I have an idea of how to make people feel good? So they come to my site, they have an experience, they have a, sen a sensation of competence and integrity and you know, fire all these little signals in their brain and then get their information, right? Get their email. And then where you take them from there is gonna be about a sequence of products, it's gonna be about a stack of products, it's gonna be uh, about a, some sort of way to let people self-select what they wanna buy, where they wanna go. So, so let me put this in practice, right? Let's say I'm an affiliate marketer. First of all, I go, okay, what do I wanna promote? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna build an offer sequence around diabetes. I'm gonna help people who have diabetes. I'm gonna sell glucose monitors. I'm gonna sell. And by the way, I've never done anything in the diabetes niche, and I'm completely making this up as I go. <laughs> I'm gonna sell glucose meters, testing strips, ketone strips, uh, you know, sphygmomanometers. Like, and I don't have diabetes. I don't know all the stuff related to that niche. But like, I'm gonna find and research all these different products that would constitute, um, and, and then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna write a, 
a free giveaway book that tells people like three simple life changes they can make to make their diabetes more manageable. And if I have some credential, I'm going to try to trot it out front. And if I don't, maybe I'll go find a, a doctor or a, a research institute that maybe did some study and then cite the study on the site to get credit, you know, to borrow somebody else's credibility. Like I'm going to put all mm -hmm. these triggers. I'm going to go read the Robert Cialdini book influence so that I understand how people make purchase decisions. Yeah. And I'm going to build that stuff into my little world and I'm going to get people on my list. And then I'm going to give, give, give <laughs> so much value that they fall in love with the value. They, why? Because I'm just trying to create a feeling. You're not going to create engagement. You're not going to create a buying decision. You're not going to create customer loyalty. You're not going to create any of that stuff until you've created a feeling. And when you create that, then what you're going to do is go, okay, I signed up for the uh, medical affiliate network.com or which again, I'm making this stuff up and I got an offer for, you know, the, all the different supplies and, you know, tomorrow I'm going to send people a, a, a link to a really good interview about, you know, with a medical doctor about managing their diabetes. But at the bottom of that, that email, I'm going to say, by the way, if you want to get a great deal on ketone strips, click here. You know, I've, I've done all the research and I think these guys have the best price or whatever. And, and I'm going to just build like a relationship with a large group of people. And the value of the internet isn't that it allows you to sell, you know, products for commissions when you suck with people. The value of the internet is it allows you to develop your skills with people in a way that allows you to reach so many more of them than you ever would in an analog world. That's what people aren't clicking with when they go try to start an online business is that you still have to be a real business person and real business people build relationships with their customers. They don't just hawk products. So hopefully the audience is catching that for sure, which is, you know, building that relationship. And you mentioned feeling, you know, multiple times, you know, people buy based on emotion and if they feel that connection and it helps build that long-term business, right? So it sounds like you're describing like this whole customer journey that you're, that you're leading them through. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I get that that's a hard place for people to start. I mean, here we are yeah. in a, in a pandemic riddled world. And just in the United States, I heard this statistic today that of, the, of all the millions of people that have lost their jobs, there are 8 million new small businesses in the United States that have been started by people who are now unemployed because of COVID. So wow. you're going to these people who've maybe lived in an, an employee context for decades. Yeah. And they've never had to worry about, I mean, hopefully they've worked in a good culture where, you know, this conversation about the customer journey and the feelings and the connection, hopefully that's a present, you know, been present in their, in their world professionally. But a lot of people, frankly, have worked at business. You know, look, if you work in a warehouse at Walmart, you know, moving boxes with a forklift from this shelf to that shelf, you, you're not every day, you're not obsessed with how is this making my customer feel? <laughs> you're obsessed yeah. with, am I hitting my, the marks that my boss gave me so that I can maybe get a bonus and I hopefully don't get fired, right? So I realized a lot of people were taking them out of that mindset and putting them into like this more like, qualitative, almost like feminine customer satisfaction, you know, uh, mindset. And, and that's a hard transition, but I'm not, I didn't make the rules. These are the rules and I won't apologize for them. If you want to make more money, you have to start thinking more holistically about business and more empathetically and lovingly about your customers. And even, uh, you know, with everything that you described, I mean, it's, it sounds big, but I mean, really it can be done in steps, you know, sequences, right? So it's like a number of sequences that can lead. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you got 10 sequences that are going on and you got this, you know, this path that you can lead, lead customers yeah, through. It does. I mean, listen, my, you know, I overpay all the time for candy bars because, <laughs> Cute little kids come to my front door and sell them to me. And I, the conversation just feels good. I feel like I want to do business with them, right? I buy candy bars. Like, I mean, I go to the, I go to, you know, Costco and get a box of candy bars, like 70 cents a piece. I'm sitting here buying them for three bucks, but I like the mm -hmm. way it feels. So you're yeah. right. This isn't a, it sounds big, but it's, it's a big shift in perspective. It, it actually is just very small shifts in how you do business. And you know, one thing that just caught my attention, so for the audience listening on the audio podcast, you can't see, but there's these uh, two plaques that's behind uh, Jeff right now. And I was wondering if you could share uh, share the story behind what those plaques are. 
Yeah, sure. So, well, I guess people can't see this. So yeah, <laughs> I, I have two plaques that are the bigger ones um, that are called eight figure awards. They're from ClickFunnels, which is a, a funnel software. And basically if you generate uh, more than $10 million with one funnel selling one particular offer, then this company ClickFunnels, you know, will award you. So I've got two of them. Um, I also have, depending on your angle, I have my two Inc. 5000 awards. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's, you know, I put this up because other, you know, otherwise I'm just a guy talking on the internet and people have to decide if they trust me or not. And this yeah. Makes year, so. Yeah. No, it helps. I mean, it's, it's a stamp of credibility and, uh, and then, yeah, within the ClickFunnels platform. So maybe I was wondering if you could maybe share, uh, you know, what's your interaction and use of ClickFunnels as a, as a marketing platform on your business? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to, but, and, and I want to say, because I know sometimes people are looking for reasons why they can't do a thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this to those people. I didn't have the eight figure awards when I earned the eight figure awards. So you don't need an eight figure award to make eight figures online. In fact, you have to make it before you get the award. So like, don't tell yourself, well, I, I don't have those plaques, so I can't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly. So I, I have a, a, a different relationship with ClickFunnels than some people may assume just because I have their awards. Um, I actually, now I build all my own custom software. Um, so I don't, you know, there's, there's certain things that you want to do online that, there's a certain level of control. Maybe I'm a control freak, but like, I just want to be able to get things done. I want to be able to send a message to a developer and have it exist in my world two days later, not 12 months later. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I build all my own software now, but I still use ClickFunnels cool. uh, to quickly design pages. Um, just like, and what I'll do is I'll design them all in ClickFunnels and then I'll tell my dev, hey, go take that design and steal all the CSS and move it over to our platform. <laughs> um, but, but here's the thing. I mean, that's my answer to the question. But I used ClickFunnels for a long time. And to anybody who's getting started, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say I recommend ClickFunnels for anybody who's getting started. Um, I will say that for anybody who wants to narrowly focus on creating linear sales funnels, ClickFunnels is amazing. I'll say if somebody wants to create a, a broader ecosystem online that combines funnels and more traditional websites, um, that a platform called DropFunnels is amazing. You didn't ask me for a bunch of recommendations, but I'm going to give them because I, I know people like this. Um, I'll say if somebody wants to just purely do like a physical products e-com store and especially have a lot of great Facebook integrations, I recommend Shopify. And, um, if people are solely, you know, want to manage all the pieces of their offer right up to the point of checkout, I recommend Sam cart cause it's got the fastest, uh, checkout load page speeds and, uh, some of the best checkout functionality. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other recommendations <laughs> I can give. If somebody's just going to do a blog, use WordPress. I don't know. That, that's what I got for now. I may think of some more. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I think it's good to show the audience that, um, you know, just like you said, in the type of online business that you're that you're running, even the platforms, because I see people get married to a specific platform, like either they're only Shopify and nothing else, or they're or maybe they're only ClickFunnels. But you know what you just laid out is that each of them have their strengths and their purpose, mm -hmm. and you as a business owner, entrepreneur, are being keen to come up with that mashup. You know what works for you for this new venture that that yeah. you're launching and being open. I mean, you just laid out the, you know, the, the pros and the benefits of, of each of those, you know, four or five platforms and, and a, and a purpose and a reason of why they should use that. Yeah. And actually I thought of one more. If you, if you want to deliver a great course, I'd probably recommend Kajabi. Wow. Cool. And if you want to manage a super intricate, uh, well, I won't even get an email marketing <laughs> actually. That's we, we use three email autoresponder platforms. So you know, I don't know. You steer the conversation wherever you want to go. But yeah, I've been doing this 12 years. I've succeeded in four different business models. It's like, again, I just, I hope if anybody, if people only take one thing from me, it's like, stop obsessing about the product. Stop obsessing about the platform. Stop obsessing about the guru. Just learn the skills. Just learn the damn skills. Yeah, the skills. Hearing a bunch of people, you know, looking and getting their start there. I, I could see from their point, they're looking and they're like, 
you know, with all this information and so many opportunities, they're focused on what do I, what do I pick? What do I start with? And as should that really be a roadblock, you know, from them? I mean, yes, but to, you know, to what I said about what the internet does to people's brains, like, okay, how can I make, how can I have a really good shot at making a million dollars? Well, there's medical school. The cost of medical school now ranges anywhere between 1.2 and $2.6 million. That's going to be the, co- the total cost of your education to get from undergrad, pre-med, all the way out the back, back into residency to where you're actually practicing medicine and you can start paying off your student loans. 1.2 to 2.6 million and probably 10 years. You go, okay, well, I could, could, I could start a McDonald's and actually you won't make a million dollars. You'll cap out at about 300 grand per location after five years when you pay off the bank loan. And that's going to be a one to $1.5 million bank loan. You already have to have a million dollar net worth and it's going to be five years before you can start pocketing six figures. Wow. Okay. So is the internet a lot faster than that? Yeah. It's like light <laughs> speed compared to those options. But does that mean that you get to demand on your timeline that you make six figures or you're on a six figure earning pace in 30 days, regardless of competence? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. no, you got to be good at some things. You know, here's the, and here's the thing. Number, the, the things you got to be good at are not really, you know, complex technical things. You don't have to, platforms like ClickFunnels and Kajabi and DropFunnels and all, Shopify, all the stuff we've talked about, they virtually eliminated the need for, for a significant technical skill set. You have to be patient enough to go through the platform and go through the knowledge base and troubleshoot your issue. The people say, I'm not smart enough to do those things. No, you're not patient enough to do those things because Mm -hmm. it's all right there. And it literally tells you, go here, click here, look for an image that looks just like this, hover your mouse over it, count to three, click two times. Like it's, it walks you through it like paint by numbers. You just don't have the patience. You just get mad at computers because you're old and crotchety. Like, don't tell me you're not smart enough. So it's not about technical skill. It's about, remember what I said, learning to make people feel good. Want to be great at sales? Make people feel good. Want to be great at marketing? Make people feel good. So So much of it is just about learning to think, how do I want to be treated? And then learning to translate that into actual words and user experience. Now, maybe I have the benefit of having done this for a long time. And so I've, I take it for granted. I find that that particular skill of saying, how would I want to be treated? How do I connect to people in a, in a, in a deep and profound way that makes them want to keep reading or keep watching or keep doing whatever I want them to do to ultimately lead them to the point of doing a transaction together? You know, that's not a, an intellectual skill. It's an emotional skill. And I think mm-hmm. that the decision to look at your business through an emotional and behavioral psychology lens is a split second decision. It's just one people will tap dance around for five years trying to figure out the technical stuff. But the reality is the skill, the decision would take a split second. If some, I could take a kid off the street who's like, I don't care about making money. I just want everyone to be happy and I just want people to feel good and I want to promote peace, love and harmony and I, I just want to leave everybody <laughs> feeling better. I could teach that kid to be a competent digital marketer in 30 days, much more than I could take a brain, a, you know, a neurosurgeon who thinks he's smart and thinks he knows everything and thinks he's God and he's used to abusing people in his workspace. That I could te- turn the kid into a marketer much easier than I could turn the neurosurgeon the marketer because it's not about being smart; it's about being kind. What did you do to actually kind of build up that, that skill set? So what did, uh, in, in your journey to build that up, was it focusing on like copywriting or, or reading the books like uh, Influence and the psychology of buying and things like that? Yeah, so I, I'm a big believer in start with the right belief, the, the right belief system, the right attitude and a, and a massive desire to serve and give and, and deliver value uh-huh. and then backfill all the skills, backfill all the knowledge, backfill all the data. I started, the, here's why I was successful so quickly. People say, Jeff, how'd you do it? You, may, you paid off all this debt <laughs> in 18 months. You, and, and I mean, this is, this is really the, the, the gotcha is 
So that affiliate marketing community that I joined in November 2008 had 40,000 members. Now, I didn't know that when I joined, but I knew, I knew that it had thousands and I knew they were in 200 countries. So I knew it was a lot. And I went and looked and, and they had a mechanism where you reported your earnings from all of your affiliate offers. It was kind of like a healthy competition, you know, like, oh, who's, you know, we rank all of our members. And, and if, you, if you placed in the top 20, they would want to verify your results and then you'd get prizes and stuff. And uh, I remember looking at the leaderboards going, okay, if I'm going to make enough money to actually get ahead of what I owe the government, because that was my biggest problem is the government was coming after me. They don't give you all the time in the world. You can't say, hey, I'm starting something new. Give me 10 years to figure it out. I promise I'll pay you. They want their money now, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the, fortunately for me, it was 2008 and there was a lot of economic turmoil. There were a lot of people that owed a lot of money. I wasn't first on their list. I had a little bit of time and I figured I had two years. Like I got to figure out how to pay this debt off in two years. And that means realistically, I got to make 30, 40 grand a month. You know, I'll probably have some bad months. I, I have some costs. I got to ramp up ad spend, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, to make 30 or 40 grand a month, I got to be in the top, you know, five to 10 people in this community, this affiliate marketing community, right? Because I could look at the leaderboards. I could see what the top 10 people were making in commission. So to be in the top, you know, when you're in a situation where like you could be in the top 100 out of 40,000 and it still doesn't solve your problem. It's like, oh, if you're only going to be in the top 100, you might as well not even play. You got to be in the top 10, ideally in the top five, or else you shouldn't even bother showing up. That's an interesting position to be in, right? It's kind of like saying, listen, either bench press 600 pounds or don't even go to the gym. And... <laughs> That's the situation I found myself in and the combination of that plus what I was going through personally plus the fact that I was dealing with some depression I was I was I gained a lot of weight my wife was leaving me she hated me my in-laws thought I was a loser and they weren't that shy about it some about telling me that sometimes like it was a horrible situation and the number one thing I had going for me was for the first time in almost 3 decades I was exceedingly humble and mm. so when I went online, I was very transparent. I, and, and I didn't try to do the whole thing of like, well, I, I want to stay hidden. I want to stay anonymous. I, I'll just, I want to build a brand, but I want to hide myself because I just looked at the internet and I'm like, man, people connect with people, especially in an environment where trust is hard to come by because it's the internet and you can't like go shake their hand. Yeah. So you got to be extra visible online. Well, who the hell am I? I'm this like pale, fat, depressed, 20 something who's in all this debt. Okay. You know what? That's, that may be me, but that's all I got to work with. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go live with that. And I started putting these videos out saying, listen, my name's Jeff Lerner. I'm I'm at my ex wife or I'm at my wife's parents house, right? And we weren't divorced yet. So I'm, I'm living in my wife's parents house because I lost my apartment. And, but I really believe that internet marketing can do something powerful for my life. And I've been going through this training program and this is what I've learned. And I'd like to share it with you. And I shared it and I shared it without any artifice, any, any presumption of, of skill or achievement. I was like, so I was painfully humble, right? Mm. And vulnerable. And I got, I got crap for it. People like this guy's a, who, why would I want to learn from you? You fat loser, you know, like just all this horrible, but man, I just, it's all I had. And I just, something told me just this, if nothing else, Jeff, this is the therapy you need, but can't afford. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how I started. And I was like, but you know, so today I'm going to share with you about email marketing. And I may not be an expert. I may not have millions of dollars. In fact, I may be at a low point in my life, but I'm feeling pretty darn good about what I just learned about how to connect an AWeber autoresponder form to a WordPress blog post. And I'm going to share it with you. And I started creating these tutorials. Dude, people ate that stuff up. They're like, wow. well, if this guy, if this guy, can, can do this stuff. And this was 2008. Like click funnels didn't exist. This stuff was hard back then. Yeah. People think they have it hard now. It was hard. It was actually hard back then. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go buy books at the bookstore to teach myself HTML. See, I had to go to a used bookstore. I couldn't even afford a new book on HTML. I had to go buy used books on HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP. The one thing I had going for me was time because I no job, no future. So I'm sitting at home, I'm hiding in the bedroom. I don't want to go out and see my wife's parents. I'm, in, I'm like embarrassed. So I'm just reading these books all the time. I figured out how to do my own CSS and design my pages. And 
I remember the day I got my background to, to show up in Robin's egg blue. I had, I had read this thing from Ryan Dice that said, Robin's egg blue <laughs> is the highest trust background color for your website. And I, I finally put in the hexadecimal color code and got my page to a render in Robin's egg blue. I was so excited. Like I was just, and here's the thing, when I would get excited, when I would have a little win like that, I would immediately hit record and, and record a screen share and I would just go teach people how I did whatever I just did. So I was documenting awesome. my journey and sharing from total humility and total transparency and really almost like, like a, almost like a submissive posture. Like I wasn't, I wasn't defeated, but it was like, I'm just here to serve because I believe there's value in that. And it's the only value I have to get. This is why I'm so passionate about making pe- how you make people feel. Because when I had nothing else, I still had the ability to make people feel good, not feel sorry, feel good about the value I was trying to serve them with. And sure enough, the first product I affiliatized was the marketing training. The same platform I was learning from, I started saying, listen, you know, here's how I'm learning this stuff. If you'd like to join or if you'd like to learn more about it, click this link. And dude, I was breaking records. So I, they had an event in <laughs> March. Great. They had an event in March of 2009. So at that point, it was my fourth month in, full month in the business. And I walked into this event thinking that I was just a loser. They ended up calling me up on stage because the wow. owners of the platform had been looking, had been researching who their top, you know, 20 or 30 refer, referral partners were for their affiliate program. And they were like, who is this guy? He's, we've never heard of him before. He came over, he clearly came over here. He's got no team. He's got no experience because they could, they could see my logins. They could see everything I was doing. How is he, how is he bringing three to five new people a day into our program? And they had me up on stage and they're like, so what's your deal? And I'm like, man, I just, I'm just on fire. And, and I looked out at the audience. There were 700 people in the audience. I'd never been in front of 700 people before. Wow. And they were all looking up at me like I was smart and like I was successful. And I'll tell you what, something changed then too. Because I realized, whoa, success, it, it really is how you feel. Because mm. nothing changed. But when I came off that stage, I was a lot more successful than I was when I went on it, even though nothing had changed except how I felt. Yeah. But man, I just knew something had changed. And the next month I made 25 grand. And the next month I made 40 grand. And the next month I made 70 grand. <laughs> even though I had no money. That's, that's powerful and so inspiring too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you can tell, like, I mean, I always say that, you know, as time goes on, I mean, you're, you're a different person now than what than you were back in 2008. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and it's just uh, an amazing, an amazing thing. So I, I could tell that, you know, the audience is capturing this for sure. This is real good gems. And you know what? One of the things that came to mind that I wanted to touch on, I did uh, uh, catch your book. It was called The Millionaire Shortcut. I was right. wondering if you could share that with the audience. Yeah, I would love to. So I put together, again, you know, value first. I put together a book. I just wanted to get into as many people's hands as possible some basic amount of information about how I've done what I've done. Uh, so I wrote this book. It's like 20 pages. Long. I mean, calling it a book is like overselling it. It's literally, I mean, I've got a copy. I know only you can see this, but he's actually holding it up. (laughs) Yeah. And like, look how big the print is. I mean, you know, again, a a, a seven-year-old could read this book in like an hour and you or I could read it in like 12 minutes. It's, but it's, it's just the basics of my story and how I started putting the pieces together because, you know, I know I've, I've been on a lot of podcasts now. I know I have an inspiring story. I lived it. It I inspire myself with what's happening to me every day. It's like, oh my God, I still pinch myself, right? But it's not just about getting excited and getting inspired. Like there's a very specific mechanical one foot before the other process that I went through to start to build these assets. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned the term digital real estate. That's the term I kind of coined to describe what I do, where you're you're not trying to make money. You're trying to build assets. You know, people don't say, you know, sophisticated real estate investors don't just go, well, like, you know, uh, how do I get my hands on some money? They, they say, how do I, how do I invest in a, in a cash flowing high value asset, right? Mm-hmm. That's sophisticated business speak. But the cool thing about the internet is you go register a domain for $12 and it, it, it's like buying a corner lot, only it's $12, not a hundred thousand dollars. 
And you start developing your real estate into something that produces cash flow, builds equity over time. It can literally be sold. You go to Empire Flippers, you go to flippa.com. People are buying and selling digital real estate assets all the time on the basis of cash flow and, and you know, asset value, which is driven by traffic and, and more you know, quantitative data. It's no yeah. different than a Starbucks, right? And so Powerful. that's what I'm passionate yeah. about. And, and the Millionaire Shortcut just says like, what's the fastest way I can start building digital real estate so that I can ultimately grow, you know, my, my millionaire empire and it's free and I want people to have it. I mean, we're, 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 gosh, I, you know what, bear with me. I'm going to pull the data because I happen to have it up right here. Uh, well, I'll, while the data loads, I'll tell people how they can get it. If people go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash Brian M., we have a special link just for listeners of your podcast. They can get that book, download it for free. Again, you can have the whole thing read in 30 minutes. And I'll share with you that in the last 30 days, we've had 120,000 people have gotten this book. That's awesome, man. We'll be sure to leave the link in the show notes for sure. And uh, yeah, I tell you, I mean, I tell you, we could be talking for hours. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, man, we already just blew by it. An hour and there's so many more things that I'd love to. I, I talk a lot, man. Guilty as charged. I'll own it. <laughs> but uh, all great stuff for sure. And and I want to be respectful of, of your time as well. But uh, well, actually, it reminds me, is it is it cool to maybe follow up with you maybe six months down the road, see how things are going and back on? Of course. I would love that. And, and now that you've kind of heard my baseline spiel, if you want to hone in on any particular area or get granular about marketing or funnels or copyright, anything you want, man. I'd love to. That'd be great, man, for sure. So one other thing. So what, what's the best way for the uh, audience to follow you? Um, so on that same millionairesecrets.com forward slash Brian M link, uh, there should also be a, a button to subscribe to my YouTube channel and also to listen to my podcast, uh, which is called Millionaire Secrets. I, awesome. My goal, I'll tell you my goal with my YouTube channel. I wanted to build a YouTube channel that's more valuable than a $200,000 Harvard education. I personally believe that if somebody went and watched every video, I have almost 400 videos on my YouTube channel, free. Somebody went and watched every video on my YouTube channel, they would have more money-making skills than they would get with almost anything that they could go major at at Harvard University. I feel like we could talk for hours and it's been really great stuff. And hopefully the audience is capturing this and there's a lot to learn. So I say definitely go check Jeff out on his YouTube channel. We'll leave links in the show notes. And I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, the internet and, and, and just the concept of building business in general. I mean, I, I, I think now I, I can't imagine building a business without leveraging the internet, but it's not really online versus offline. Like we live in a digital world. It's just smart business building, creating assets, long-term thinking, and, it, it, and ultimately just wanting to make a lot of people's lives better. If you hone in on that, if you say, how can I make a lot of people's lives better by leveraging the tools and strategies of modern business and giving myself the time that it takes to evolve into a skilled uh, practitioner of doing that, you, you can't go wrong. And, and not only that, I can't imagine not doing what I just said. Because what's the alternative? Just like making somebody else rich. Look, if you want to make somebody else rich, come work for me. I, I pay. Like make me, <laughs> you know, but like do it for yourself, please. Because yeah. the world needs it. The world needs it. I mean, if COVID has taught us any, like don't miss the lesson of COVID. The lesson of COVID is not, oh my gosh, how do I get, how do I get my job back? How do I get back to earning a paycheck? Maybe that's the, the, the short-term need, but that's not the lesson. The lesson is, Look at how many people are thriving right now and ask yourself which world you want to be in in five years. Man, this is great stuff for sure, Jeff. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the podcast. So glad to be here, man. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally 
It's my Dropship Funnels Done For You service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.